0: Either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Marco.
1: Sean. We, uh, we've we uh,
2: partnered on a lot of things. I don't know how many years, over a decade together we are uh, running
1: ITSB. Do, I so
2: right yeah, we want data <laughs> In a few days doing this. And uh, you've been gracious enough to join me at uh, some of the big security conferences many, many years uh, covering those events like RSA and Black Hat. ITSP Magazine was born at Black Hat, actually. And we've branched out to cover technology and there's a big technology event that's been going far longer than I've been in security. (laughs) And, and uh, our guest today has, I don't want to date him, but he's been he's been attending that event for a long time as well. and it's I mean it's a cool event that continues to grow and expand in, in topics and and reach and uh, a lot of cool things happening this year and And Charlie Fink is participating as a as a speaker there, part of the panel there and leading a panel, actually I should say. And, of course, uh, writing about the event, as he's done for a number of years, Consumer Electronics Show uh, is what it's called, CES, people know it as. And I'm excited to chat with Charlie about his session and about the broader where we come from and where we headed, as he think, in terms of advanced technologies and its connection to society.
1: And Charlie, we don't don't have an entire day. I
2: know. (laughs) I
3: know this is the problem with being a geezer. When you ask me a question, it could go on for quite a while. I will say this is my 31st or 32nd CES. I've been every year since the probably 1991. Uh, I took some time off (laughs) about seven years, sort of right around the time the smartphone took off, but I came back as a writer and, uh, I'm a college professor and a uh, podcaster. Uh, my weekly podcast This Week in XR comes out every Friday. I co-host with uh, Roni Abovitz, who's the founder of Magic Leap. So he's kind of famous and uh, it's it's you know become quite popular. And we cover tech broadly with sort of a bias toward extended reality, but I would say now we talk about AI more than anything. And that of course is the topic of the panel that I am moderating for Digital Hollywood on monday uh, we have a bunch of terrific entertainment and technology people up there or people involved with entertainment technology and everyone has got a perspective including google and paramount global and htc i mean that's a a good panel and uh, we'll see how people are applying ai to their businesses and where they think we're going now in the post strike world so uh interesting topic you know it's one digital hollywood they put a lot of great people together but then they put you together on stage so i think there's seven or eight people on our panel and we've got 40 minutes so i don't know you do the math everybody gets (laughs) to speed talk for six minutes but it it is an interesting topic and i'm looking forward to what everyone has to say
1: for for a strike that lasted a long uh five over six months almost I think uh, concentrating the old topic in forty minutes—it's it's, uh, it's going to be a tough one. But <laughs> I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna throw another challenge at you. If you can uh, concentrate the history of CES in like I don't know five minutes. Well, sure, sure. First- I mean,
3: Sean called the uh, CES the Consumer Electronics Show, but it actually is the Consumer <laughs> Everything Show. Because everything has got electronics in it. They've got refrigerators, they've got cars, they've got, you know, international harvester is there, John Deere. I mean, you know, and, and so it's all sort of a unified whole in a way. And what it does for me is it sets the year. I see what's coming in, you know, what's going to be introduced. You know, we're seeing this wave of for example, a new wave of uh, video smart glasses that have been positioned as a smartphone accessory. Well, we saw that, you know, from TCL and uh, Rayneo and uh, Xreal and others are uh, Rokid. Uh, These are, you know, $300 glasses that plug into your smartphone. So instead of watching a six-inch screen, which is like a five percent of your field of view unless you hold it really close to your face uh you know it, it throws up a 200 or 300 inch big screen hd tv hd-ish uh, but you know if you want to do some productivity at starbucks and you unroll your keyboard and look up in the sky i just think that's so cool it's not Great for that. I don't see people doing that yet, but if you're walking the dog and you want to watch the ball game or something, I I just, I have been waiting for this for a long time. I don't know how big it's going to get, but a lot of these products, you know, have gotten great reviews this fall and uh, hope I'll find out at CES, how people are feeling about their performance and where they're going next year with this. I would never have guessed when I started covering AR, uh, eight years ago for Forbes that uh, this would be the way that AR finally made its way into our lives simply as a kind of wearable television set. But there we are.
2: And I want to, cause the other word in the, in the name of the event is consumer. Um, mm-hmm. But I think my experience in advanced technology is that it often hits some business world first. And we can probably look yes. to XR and AR and that certainly is, in the healthcare space.
3: No, no, that is, a, I think, a good insight. Uh, it is as much business to business as it is business to consumer. And uh, much of the technology you see there, healthcare is is one big example and XR is another, uh, but you see it all over the place. There's you know, high-end displays that would only be purchased by a professional You know, there are, um, you you know, you see these giant industrial drones or stuff from International Harvester. Those aren't consumer products. People would only buy those products for their businesses. So there's a tremendous coverage of business to business along with business to consumer and business to prosumer because sometimes it isn't, you know, really clear. So also a lot of products you see there are prototypes. They never actually end up on the market. Sony was Famous for many years for doing that. They would have this pavilion there. I think they've taken that out of CES and they do it at South by Southwest now, uh, where they have a pavilion showing you all of the research that their different divisions have been doing. Uh, and there was, some, I saw a lot of extraordinary things that will never see the light of day. There's no business rationale for them, and they'll probably be surpassed by other technologies. Uh, But, uh, you know, just shows you the scope of what people are thinking about at Sony. So I always learn a lot from CES and and usually never in a way that I expect.
1: And I'm going to add one more element, maybe if you agree with me, like we have seen it in cybersecurity, how the conversation with the government, the, the legislators and all the people that are part now of this ecosystem that is our society pretty much. And I know that CES, because we get all the, <laughs> the, the pitch from companies and, and tell us who is there. There is government there. There is regulators. They are talking oh, about yeah. AI. So uh, we see that becoming as an integral part of our society. So it's not just the blinking lights anymore. It's we live with this stuff
3: sure and if you look at a lot of the keynotes that they have they are not hard technology companies but these are people from companies like i don't you know they've had people from drug companies and people from automakers and uh, so it is hugely relevant across a lot of different categories and as you said it's a lot of marketing of, you know, their current businesses and, you know, trying to, you know, the government is there because they want to understand the business agenda for the coming year. And businesses are interested in anything that has to do with potential regulation. So those are all questions that CES has gone from essentially being for computer salesmen to evolving into this as i said cultural event and and i think you rightly point out that it's not just a cultural event it's a business to business event it's a business and government event i mean they in, in 2019 they had 180,000 people there it was insane you could not walk down the hallway at the venetian which is you know 40 yards wide <laughs> So, uh, you know, obviously there's been a lot of attrition. Uh, Foreign travel has become more difficult and restricted because of health concerns. Uh, I think it's easing up, although a lot lot of COVID is going around right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were 150,000 people there.
2: Yeah, that'd be a, a few footsteps and uh, quite quite a number of miles walked. Yes, <laughs> That's yes. Sure.
3: Be prepared to walk ten miles in your most comfortable <laughs>
2: shoes. Exactly, exactly. I want I want to go to uh, the, this digital Hollywood because it, mm-hmm. it speaks to AI and XR, and it, it says to streaming and advertising, mm-hmm. and that that last word. Uh, Catches me. I mean, obviously, everything is ad driven these days. It seems. But um, what are your thoughts with respect to advertising there? What,
3: well, what's going on? Hollywood has always been interested in consumer electronics, starting with uh, technical people, and eventually because it's become a cultural event. Uh, Most of the technical people at the studios attend CES at least for a couple of days because there's cameras and other systems there that are uh, relevant to them. And as you point out, policymakers and, and other businesses that may be uh, adjacent to or related to their business. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of people there making deals. And of course, the future of advertising is a very, very important topic, uh, as are streaming services. Now, Victor Harwood, who runs Digital Hollywood, has been doing this for uh, 35 years. This is really his show to the extent, uh, you know, and much more hands on and. And he uh, does different versions of it all over the country and I believe the world. And, you know, this is sort of his CES version. He has a close relationship with CES. He's been programming uh, this sort of side show or complimentary show, it's a, an additional ticket. Uh, a, a day or a couple of days before the actual show begins so it's really the hardcore people who are here to network and meet each other are always here a couple of days before with the writers and analysts which is great you see a lot of old friends you have a lot of meetings and then when the floor's open you can you know start running around and putting on the big miles uh, so um yeah so i don't know if that, i hope that answered that question
1: Yeah, it does. What I I would like to do is to go into, I know you've written a lot about the metaverse, and uh, I want to pick your brain really quickly because it probably connect with what your panel talks about, but...
3: Well, I we're, mean, you know, two, years as ago, much. two years ago, the metaverse was the only thing we were talking about.
1: <laughs> I know. That's exactly where I was going is now it's all AI, generative AI. I don't hear as much about the metaverse anymore. Are we distracted? It's, it's in our hold? What's, what's uh, your point on well, that?
3: Well, first of all, the metaverse was not a very useful word. It was a hypey word, and everybody <laughs> knew that that word was going to go away. So the word going away overall is a good thing because it was very vague. It came from science fiction. It didn't really relate to 3D virtual worlds uh, and how we access them. Uh, So the premise of the metaverse is more of the web is gonna be more 3D more of the time. And that people will start to navigate larger portions of their social life and their economic life using 3D worlds like Fortnite and Roblox. Uh, is that true? Well, I mean, again, you know, you want (laughs) to talk about things like advertising and, you know, selling things. I mean, maybe, but you know, the 2d internet is also very good at that. So I don't know how quickly this is going to happen. It could be a question of successive generations. I know my college students don't behave the way we do necessarily. So that could be in the future, but it's, it's a ways off. Uh, I do think that Meta wants to build a metaverse. I don't think they're calling it that anymore, but they want to build this connection of 3D virtual worlds through which you can move seamlessly, you know, taking with you your identity and digital assets and uh, social graph. Uh, But that's what they're trying to build. I don't think they've stopped trying to build that uh, for VR. Uh, And, you know, I would say it's actually getting better. You know, again, a lot of the hypiness, a lot of the people who are there just because of the pandemic have left. That's bad. But the people who remain are more engaged. So it's entering a different phase.
1: Well, they so, changed the you name. Know, the metaverse it, they- ent-
3: it's entering a different phase and not calling itself the metaverse anymore. I mean, remember what everybody was saying two years ago, which is this is going to unfold over 10 years. And you know what happens when tech people say 10 years? They mean 20 years, right? 10 years, five years from now, it's still going to be 10 years. (laughs) So I I don't know. The metaverse is, it's an interesting idea that we really won't know about for at least five years, whether it's still there and whether it will ever really be that relevant. I mean, it's relevant for people who do 3D collaboration, the people who are using NVIDIA Omniverse. So it's relevant to them. If you want to call that the metaverse, people. some people would, some people wouldn't. So uh, there you go. That was part of that word. The problem with that word was that it, it was so completely fungible, it applied to everything.
2: Yeah, and it seems very similar to me in- Using the word artificial intelligence, right? Where it's mm. so encompassing, <laughs> yet certainly yet it's. if you if you bring it down to even just like generative AI, where its its sole purpose at the moment is to generate written word and images and mm-hmm. potentially videos in the future, mm-hmm. if not already, um, and if you look at even just like ChatGPT within it you have specialized bots, right? That do special things within that space. And I think that's probably, if I'm not mistaken, what we're we're seeing in the world of metaverse, where mm-hmm. I'm thinking digital twins is, a, is a, an example where we can actually see it's a very focused thing where we're seeing a particular area in health or in manufacturing right. or in architecture and, and engineering. Um, I mean, very, again, very it's, that's,
3: that's 3D content. So, yeah. and we're viewing it in a 2D context, which I think is really cool, right? So, you bring images up on your computers, you could spin them around, look at them from every angle. Um, you know, obviously, in, in medicine, that is huge. They can actually take a C scan and map it exactly proportionately and anchor it to the patient. So, you know, doctors now know in a surgery where exactly to cut before they were um, often inaccurate. Um, so that's just one example of how, you know, they do surgical planning. They do surgical planning in VR. I don't know if you followed that story about a year ago. There were co twins at the skull, and they had neurosurgeons from all over the world collaborating on uh how to visualize and how to approach it surgically. And it was a 24-hour operation with two teams of surgeons. And then they saved those kids, which is a great story about how technology, remote collaboration, uh, and medical science could come together uh, and take the best from each of those technologies to do something that couldn't be done before. So I think that sort of thing is going to get better and better. And again, as you guys pointed out, that's entirely in the business world. That's not something... Consumers know about, or nor should they. But yeah, I mean, you have Absolutely. giant companies like GE; they're there with jet engines. I mean, <laughs> this is the consumer electronics show. I don't think so. It's it's the tech conference of the universe.
1: Oh, okay. and, you, and you got space, and yeah, we just yeah. had a conversation yeah, I was just thinking about that. food, food robotic, yeah. uh, food tech.
3: Right, yeah, there are boats a-
1: there. <laughs> tourism boats, it's it's bikes, touching motorcycles
3: it's, yeah
1: it's, it's touching everything let yeah. let's take the last couple of minutes that we have to maybe focus a little bit more on your panel because uh, i i think sure. that's that's fascinating to again we with hollywood uh, everybody was paying attention to that ai avatar using people images and all of that and now i'd like to see what what, what do you think is going to be dispensed on mostly focus on are they going to touch on that or hollywood, is it more on
3: the- oh yeah hollywood is super data focused right we mentioned advertising i mean these things are measurable today right and what ai loves better than anything is data <laughs> so i can see how those companies streaming services you know television networks uh movie exhibitors can like an air and even airlines optimize Uh, the price point, optimize sales on a fly and maximize the value of that data and perhaps infer things from it that they're not even yet thinking about. So that's a tremendous opportunity Uh, there's obviously you were talking about text to image and how it might affect the special effects and animation pipelines it's possible they could streamline them it's possible they could make them much better so people are exploring those opportunities with great zeal so i don't think anybody knows anything yet in particular or you know, has an application that's sort of broken through because things are still in development and unstable. Anything you establish today is gonna get reestablished and reestablished. So it's early going, but I think that's my prediction, the things that we're gonna hear from them. Very helpful from a business perspective, from a product perspective, maybe. I mean, it's a very democratizing technology. It's gonna allow a lot of people to make fake movies, Um, You know, the problem is they're not storytellers. They don't have access to the sound, which is so critical to convincing you that images are authentic and real. Uh, What it will result in probably is a zillion more videos on TikTok or a change in the videos (laughs) we watch on TikTok. (laughs) Or, or, you know, reels or or take your pick, uh, you know, Google uh, shorts or whatever they call their thing.
2: Yeah. YouTube shorts. Yeah. What I, what I find interesting is the, uh, the makeup of the panel, uh, cause he, he, I'll start with the CAA creative arts, right? So the, the story, right. And that story has to live somewhere. So it's going to live on, uh, some powerful piece of hardware. There's NVIDIA in, in the panel that's supported by some infrastructure. That's Microsoft on the panel that's presented through some interface, that's HTC on the panel. And the final result is the creative piece comes the actual content that's paramount uh, Hmm. on that panel. So you get to have that conversation with what I feel is a very broad view of this ecosystem, Mm -hmm. which is pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah,
3: like I said, I'll be interested to hear what they all have to say. There certainly is a, uh, a a lot of different viewpoints and interests in the business. Uh, certainly, Microsoft and Google have very broad interests, and they have their own AI pro- products, whereas companies like Paramount and um, you know, people who work with talented CAA are actually trying to use it for, um, uh, to improve the pro- for process improvements, uh, as well as data analysis. They have data as well, but it's different kind of data than streaming services have, for example. Uh, but it applies across multiple uh layers of uh, those businesses for those giant companies. You know, and then there's giant and there's giant, right? I mean, <laughs> Microsoft is many times bigger than Paramount, uh, for example. So, and of course, CAA is not really a company as much as an alliance of representatives of talent. So uh anyway, it should be a great panel. Um You know, it's, as I said, it's a bit big to have what I would call a conversation, but we did last year have a very, very spirited conversation about AI. If you remember the moment, supposedly everybody at Google was running down the hall with their pants on fire, trying to catch up with Microsoft and chat GPT. And uh, and Aaron Luber was meekly saying uh, the corporate party line, which is Google's been an AI company all along so, you know, which is what everybody was saying about the metaverse before it. But I I joke at at Aaron and Google's expense, but I do think this is a really important inflection point, which makes this conversation so topical, right? We treated the metaverse was a big deal. That was just one year, but now AI is a big deal two years in a row. So it could be (laughs) <laughs> could be a big deal. I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, I think we're, <laughs> we're getting there. And, and, you know, it's like when we have our conversation and our panel, our goal is to make people think about what is coming up and where we're standing now. So I don't expect in 40 minutes to <laughs> to exhaust the topic, but uh, it'd be interesting. I think it will be a lot of spinning of other t- type of conversation yes. from there so yeah, of course this is going to be a quick reminder it's going to be called immersive ai xrar media leadership and it's going to be monday january 8 1 one forty p.m at the area level one that can find all this information in the notes under this podcast or if you're watching the video And, uh, Charlie, this was a great conversation. I would love to have you back in a more extensive conversation if you're up for that. Of course. And um, I want to thank everybody for paying attention. Follow more conversation we're going to have coming up in the pre-event for the CES uh, Las Vegas 2024. Sean, Charlie, thank you very much.
3: Have a great one. Thank
1: Thank you.
0: and society.